What's up, everybody? It's Michael Nettemeyer here with Jeff King and Joe Geary, and we are your host of the Whitwin Podcast, whatever it takes, whenever it's needed, talking all things real estate. And today we're going to dive into the actual listing presentation. So we've been talking a lot about the, the steps to build up to this point, about how we lead generate, how we're setting appointments, how we're qualifying the appointments. Now it's time to actually go on the appointment. And this is where I feel like a lot of people have the biggest miss because what happens is you don't practice, I shouldn't say you don't, but a lot of people don't practice their listing presentation and they're practicing on the client. And that's not the way to do it. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. It's just like any sports game too, if you think about it with that analogy, is that you're not going to the game and when it's game time, practicing. You're practicing ahead of time. And that's the same concept that applies with the listing presentation. Run it in front of as many different people as possible. Get as much feedback on the presentation as possible. And then that's how you can build confidence not only in yourself, but also in your messaging. So that when it comes to that game time and that appointment, you're actually ready to go. I agree. And I think what's important too is that you have consistency in the message you're delivering. So it's not just you're going in there and kind of winging it and thinking of things on the fly. You've got a set presentation that you're sitting down with people. It's consistent. You know what you're going to talk about and you know how you want this conversation to go. And you're not letting the client control the conversation. So you're taking the lead. You're taking ownership of the appointment. And that's the position you want to be in, not in a, in a very proactive mode, not a reactive mode. And especially when you go there, we talked about last time having the mindset that you're not going to leave without that listing agreement in hand. It's the same concept whenever you're putting multiple slides together, you're trying to get to that point. Like every single thing that you talk to has to be purposeful, and that presentation should help complement that so that you can end up with the same result and then it's repeatable over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you have to keep in mind too that you're competing against other agents. You're, you're probably not the only agent going on the appointment unless it's an SOI and you know them very well, chances are you're going to be competing against two or three other agents. So you have to do everything that you can to set yourself apart from the other agents that you're going against. And that's definitely starts with dressing professionally and not just showing up in cargo shorts and, <laughs> you know, collared shirts. Which does happen. Yeah, it does. Does happen agents quite often. walk out of appointments on cargo shorts. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Don't wear cargos. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's very important just to show up dressed professionally and, you know, have a nice greeting, not just show up like a bum and cargo shorts <laughs> and, you know, dress like that. You want to be professional and set yourself apart just from the pack. Absolutely. Exactly. That first impression matters. Like, that's yeah. the very first time that they're going to see you in person. And, and really, it's it's good to be able to give the persona that you are a professional, that you do take this seriously, and that it's not just something that you're coming over to hang out and talk to the, to the buyer or to the seller and try to just kind of build a friendship. You know, that's one way of kind of building that rapport. We definitely advocate for doing that. But mm-hmm. come with a goal in mind that you are there as the professional, that you're actually going to get the house listed and get it sold. Absolutely. And I think one thing that's important, too, is assume the sale. So fill out your listing agreement ahead of time, fill it out like you're already getting the listing. You know with 100% certainty that you're walking, not walking out of there until you have that agreement. Fill that paperwork out ahead of time, and that just gives you a little bit more of an advantage, you know, psychologically or a mindset that you're not going to leave there without an appointment. So you need to mentally prepare for this appointment and to be able to walk into it ready to go. Now, a couple of things too. On your presentation, if you don't have a listing presentation, you need to put something together. And we're going to kind of run through what our presentation looks like just to give you some ideas. So three things that we talk about on a listing presentation are, one, price. Home has to be priced correctly. Two is the way the home shows. And three is the way it's marketed. Now, of the three, the two most important are the way it shows and how it's priced. The marketing is important for us to have a good marketing strategy 
to deliver to the client. But at the end of the day, the marketing is probably not going to sell the house. We could have the Goodyear blimp spotlight a home <laughs> for a month. And if it's overpriced, the only thing we're doing is spotlighting an overpriced house. So it has to be priced correctly and it has to show well. So that's the three things, price, the way it shows, and the way it's marketed. So if we dive into that, we know that we sit down, what we like to do is sit down with the client and say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, our pricing strategy, we've sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of homes. We know our pricing strategy works. We know our marketing works. So what we need to do is figure out a price to where we can price your home at a price that will cause it to sell. Now, if we're priced correctly in this market, we know that we should get offers quickly. If not in the first day, 10 days or less, we should be getting offers quickly. Now, if we're getting a lot of activity and no offers, how much are we off? Anywhere between 4 to 6% off in price. 4 to 6%. So a lot of people are coming through. They're saying nice house, price too high, something like that. We're 4 to 6% off. Now, if we're only getting very low showings, maybe one a week, we're probably 6 to 12% off. And if we're not getting anything, we really miss the mark on our price. And that's why it's important to become an expert on pricing as well that we spoke about last week, previewing comparables, making sure you're going in and look at those comparables so you don't just list the home at whatever the seller wants to list it at. Because there are a lot of realtors that will do that. They're so desperate to take a listing that they say, well, I want 300 for it and it's worth 250 and you take it at 300 What's the point? You're, you're listing an overpriced house. You're going to spend time and money and energy and resources on a house that should sell at 250 and you're listed at 300 And at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to happen is that house is going to come off the market. It's not going to sell. That realtor is going to go, or that client's going to go tell 10 people what a bad job you did because you didn't sell their house. And the reality is you probably did a good job, but you're trying to sell a house that's not worth the price. Exactly. And that's one thing that I tell the sellers especially is that our job is to get them an offer in hand. And we know that when we're priced correctly, we have those showings lined up, but then we have an offer in hand to deliver to them that we can start negotiating. That's our ultimate goal. And that's that's the responsibility of us to price it right. That same scenario happened in one of the presentations that that Joe and I did, that the house that we noticed, we didn't get the listing. The house went on the market with another realtor and it's twenty twenty five thousand dollars over mm-hmm. what we estimated what that price was. That home's been on the market for over probably a month two and a half, two, yeah. two months now, and it's just sitting. Yeah. And that's something that if we would have taken it at that price, we would have done a huge disservice right. because we knew straight out of the gate, based off of based off of number one the comps, but also two understanding the area and then looking at all the valuation models that we talked about in the last episode, that that house will not sell twenty thousand dollars overpriced in the area that it's in. Yeah. And that's something too that you have got to understand. How how to price homes because at the end of the day, taking the listing and having it sit there means that it's costing you money, not right. making you money. Exactly. And don't be afraid to walk away. Mm-hmm. If, you, if they absolutely won't agree with your price, don't just take it to take a listing. There are so many people that are so desperate to get a listing, they take it at whatever price. You have to be willing to walk away because like you mentioned, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to spend time, money, everything else, and you're not going to sell the house. So don't be afraid to walk away. So running through those numbers again, if we're priced correctly, we should get offers. We're in a low inventory market. The market is showing a little bit of signs of starting to shift. With that said, we're still in a pretty strong seller's market, low inventory. So if it's priced correctly, we're going to get offers. If we are getting a lot of activity and no showings, 4 to 6% off, this is where having a weekly update for your seller really comes in handy because you can be utilizing those showing reports and showing them the feedback. Look, we've had 10 showings in the last five days, over two a day. Everyone's saying that it's priced too high. Now, is there something? if, if there's something that can be done... And this is where the wow it shows comes into place. But if it's saying price, 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 four to six percent off, very low showings, one or two a week, six to twelve, nothing, or twelve percent or greater. Mm-hmm. Now the second thing is the way the home shows. 
So if you're getting feedback, the way it shows is important because we know that 97% of home buyers start their search online. And that's our first showing. It's all about web appeal now, not curb appeal, yeah. right? It used mm-hmm. to be curb appeal when you pull up, it's got to, and it still needs to look good. You still need curb appeal. But web appeal is super important now because if it doesn't show well online, nobody's going to come look at it. Yeah. They're going to skip over it, and they're going to move on to the next property. So realtors quit taking photos with your cell phones, <laughs> yeah. right? There's so many realtors yeah, that still take pictures. And I used to do it back in the day when I first started, too. I'm guilty. Right, and that was before the internet was real big. You know, I got in when somebody still dial-up internet. Um, but <laughs> but don't pay a photographer. Right, there's a reason that professional photography. One, it's going to help in your presentation because you're going to let people know I'm going to I'm going to invest in your home to get a professional photographer here to go take photos of your home so it shows the best it can online because we need to capture those buyers. Buyers are going to look at it. If you have pictures in there that are crooked, I see it all the time. Crooked pictures are upside down sometimes. You see the realtor in their cell phone in the mirror, right? (laughs) You can't do it. So you need to spend the money. This is a business. You need to invest in your business. Don't take it with your camera phone. As as nice of a camera as the the iPhone is, don't do it. And not to mention, too, it's it's not worth your time. If you think about this as a business or as a professional, is your time best served to save $100 or $140 on photos? Or is, it, or is it best served getting back on the phone and generating another appointment while a professional photographer is doing that for you? So utilize leverage in this case and, and, and be willing to pay a photographer. So the way it shows, the other thing is we always have a hire a staging consultant to come out and it's at our expense. It's in our value proposition for our seller. We're going to have a staging cons- excuse me, consultant come out and take a look at your home and figure out how to best set your home up so that it shows the best. Now, these are for people still living in their home. If it's vacant, we always encourage to stage the home because stage homes show a lot better. That's why builders and display homes, that's why they stage homes because it shows well. And so, but if someone's living in the home, and what we tell people too is when you live in a home, you're living in a home for comfort. All right, we live in our homes because it's comfortable and that's the way we set the rooms up for comfort. When it comes time to sell a home, we need to set it up and not think about comfort, but set it up for functionality. How do we best position this room, the furniture in this room, to showcase this room the best and make it look the biggest, make it look the most spacious? How do we set that up? And that's where a staging expert comes into play. So it's not you as a realtor giving input. We're going to have a third party come in, give input on how to get your home set up the best to make it show so our photos look great. And so that people want to come in and see this house. Yeah, and think of that staging consultant as an extension of your team. It's how you add value because you let them do what they know best. Hire the professional, get the staging consultant in there, have them walk you through what the best recommendations are for actually staging the home, especially if it's vacant. You know, we've got multiple examples of before pictures that were on the market previously with another realtor. They're very dark, you know, it's not very lit up, there's no furniture in it. And then you take a night and day different photo with number one being staged with number two with a professional photographer the pictures are much brighter it's actually very inviting it's not dark and dingy and uninviting like an empty house would be and and you ultimately get those houses sold because of it so make sure that you're you're hiring the right people that are going to help you sell houses on your team and if you're not figure out a way that you can account for it you know with the staging for example the way that you can help uh, your buyer out is that they don't have to pay for with some companies staging out of the out of their pocket in order to get 
get it staged. It actually comes out of the closing proceeds. Right. So that's a huge advantage when you can say to a client, hey, we recommend you do this staging. You're going to get top dollar for your home. You're going to sell the home quickly, and you don't have to pay out of pocket for that staging. It'll take it out after the home actually sells. And that staging would stay with the life of the listing at the home too. So making sure that even when they get there, people that are scheduling showings actually get to the home. They're staging inside of the house. You know, it's not something that you had staged for a month and then or a couple weeks just to take some photos and then they took all their stuff out of it because people have a hard time envisioning what rooms actually look like. They have a hard time imagining what where the table goes, where the chair goes, where the couch goes, where the bedrooms are, and what look what the bedrooms look like. So if it's an empty room, it's hard to really visualize that until there's something actually in that room for those buyers. And it's it's a night and day difference when you have photos that have things in it that you can talk through and you can actually sell as opposed to having an empty house with no furniture in it and just hoping that someone comes along and is looking for a good deal and they end up lowballing you because they can't actually imagine it being a home. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So that's very important that one, you have a staging team person on your team. And so you need to find that resource if you don't have one already and start utilizing that in your presentation that you're going to have a third party expert come in. And that way too, because there are things that will go into houses and we just know for a fact they're going to have to paint. They're going to have to do a lot of decluttering, and we can point that out, but then the stager is going to come in and reinforce that message as the expert. These are people that are they're, they're experts in their field. Like, we're experts in selling homes. They're experts in design and getting homes ready to go to market. And so you need to have that person on your team to make sure the house shows the best it can. Because when we walk in houses that are super cluttered and there's just awful colors of paint all over the wall, people automatically start thinking, well, I'm going to have to paint. Painting, and people say it's cheap, but it just can be expensive, right? And so people just don't want to do it. A lot of buyers now want to just move into a house. So if you can start to neutralize these homes ahead of time, you're going to be able to sell them quicker and for top dollar. So very important to think about. So as we move on now, price, staging, and then the third thing is marketing. And what we like to say is that marketing is what we control. We, We give guidance on where they need to set the price for the house. And we also give guidance with our experts, a team of experts on how the house should look. But that's at the end of the day, though, it's really up to them. Now, if they want to price a home way out of the ballpark, out of the realm of reality, we probably won't take that listing. But at the end of the day, the only thing we really control is how we market the home and get it in front of people. So if you know this stat, 33%, this is the National Association of Realtors stat, 33% of homes sell from realtors interacting with one another. And that means all of us interacting and getting in front of other realtors, letting each other know about our inventory. And it's the number one thing realtors don't do anymore. Like for some reason, we just think that we push it out on the internet. It goes on over 350 different websites. It syndicates to all these sites. And I sit back now and and wait for people to come look at my house, right? Or my listing. I don't know why we do that, but we do. And so one of the biggest tools that's underutilized in our industry is what's called reverse prospecting. And reverse prospecting is in our MLS you can go in and click on every one of your listings and see every single realtor who potentially is a buyer for your home. So if you have a list of all of these realtors whose search criteria matches your client's search or your listing, their client's search criteria matches your listing, why wouldn't you pick up the phone and call them? Have the conversation. You know, it is. It's so underutilized. And what I like to do is I I ask the clients when we're on that listing presentation, hey, have you ever heard of reverse prospecting? Mm -hmm. And I have yet to have someone say, yes, I've heard of reverse prospecting, which tells me that a lot of people, number one, aren't using it. Or two, if they are, it's being underutilized. Because having the conversation and reaching out shows that you are proactive in making sure you're getting that house sold too. If you're constantly looking at that report every single day in the morning when you get into the office and you see that there are 
hearts or there's those light bulbs that are either favorites or possibilities that agents have a client that is a good fit, the first thing that you should be doing is figuring out when they can anticipate scheduling a showing and right. encourage them to schedule a showing. You can talk them through you know, a little bit about the house if you even wanted to as well, or at least get to know who their client is, if they're possibly, if they're serious or not serious, or if they're possibly going to end up writing an offer if they are really motivated to buy the house. That's huge. That first mover advantage, being able to reach out, set the stage, have the conversation, welcome them, and then get that showing scheduled so that you can get feedback not only from them, mm -hmm. but also for your seller shows that you really are doing a proactive job as opposed to just, oh, well, we're just going to wait and see, and hopefully mm -hmm. they, they come by and have a showing. Or what's even worse is not even looking at that report at all and then not having anything to share with your client. Agreed. And that's where, just to backtrack on reverse prospecting, for if, if you don't know what it is, it's in the MLS. It shows every realtor who has a buyer whose search criteria is set up that matches your listing. And so you're able to look at all those realtors and you can click, 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 click and email every one of those realtors with your listing. It notifies them of who their client is, whose search criteria matches your listing. So we do that every week. That's a value proposition that we give to our clients. Every single week, we're going to go through this list because it's always evolving. There are new realtors being added to it every week. So we're going to reach out and email all these realtors and then we're going to pick up the phone and start calling them in a simple conversation. Who do you, we see that you have a client that might be a good fit for our listing. When do you anticipate setting up a showing to come see it? And then how you mentioned, Jeff, the hearts and light bulbs, that means their client saved it as a favorite if it's a heart, light bulb if it's a possibility. Reach out immediately. Email, call. As soon as you see that pop up, we see your client just saved our listing as a favorite. When do you anticipate coming to see it? Right? So by doing that, you're creating, you're, you're being proactive. Like yeah. I said, it's not just a reactive sit back and let the internet do its job. And it's kind of scary to think too that a lot of times when I reach out and talk to those agents, they have no idea who I'm talking about. Yeah. They have no idea what <laughs> client, client actually yeah. favorited it or, yeah. or saw it as a possibility, right. which tells us that they're not paying enough attention to those searches. Yeah. So don't be afraid that you're going to go bother a realtor about who their client is because nine times out of 10, they have to look it up anyway and say, oh yeah, that client is so-and-so and hopefully we'll schedule a showing this week at some time right and it is the most underutilized tool mm -hmm. i can tell you in 13 years i've probably been reverse prospected less than 10 yeah. times which is also too you're probably going to talk to a lot of crabby realtors unfortunately that are like there why are so you many yeah, why are yeah. you why are you calling me about this probably because blah, blah, blah. they don't understand <laughs> yeah. how the tool works right you know they think that you might take their client or something which is 100 mm -hmm. not the case we don't actually know who the client is we just know who the agent is right. that they're representing so yeah. just be on the lookout for that there's it's a underutilized tool so sometimes you do catch a little bit of attitude from realtors that don't pay attention to it Agreed. but don't let that stop you or bother you not at all. in any way right you've got to do it so Reverse prospecting, that is taking care of, because here's the thing most clients want to know. They want to know, how are you going to get my home sold, All right? So where are you going to market it? Are you going to be actively looking for buyers yourself for the property? And how soon are you going to get it sold, right? Now, we don't have a crystal ball, so we, don't, we can't anticipate how many days on market. We don't know for sure. But with that said, if we're priced correctly, it should go quick, right? How are we going to market it? This is one strategy of how we're going to market it, is getting it in front of every realtor that we know has a buyer for the home. And then the third thing is, how are we finding buyers for your home as well? So that's where the internet comes into play. 97%, as we mentioned, of uh, percent of home buyers start their home search online. You need to have a killer web presence. You can't just kick it out to a couple of websites or your company site. I think it's going to do the job. So you need to be able to syndicate this to hundreds of websites. Like Keller Williams, we know that it goes on over 350 different real estate websites. We actually pay extra then to feature the, our listings on the big site, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com. Three of the most widely used. Now, Zillow owns Trulia. They haven't put much money into it. It doesn't appear in the last few years since they bought it. So at minimum, I would be doing Zillow and Realtor.com. Those are the two most consumer-facing websites that most people use. 
we pay extra to feature our homes on there so that if people have questions or comments about it, that information is coming directly to us, not to three random realtors who are uh, have never stepped foot in a person's home. They've never stepped foot in our client's home. They know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And we want to control that data. So paying extra to do that is a good tool to find buyers for your home. The other reason that you want to feature that home and pay extra for your listings is because whenever those leads go to Zillow and it gets kicked out to all the realtors that are paying for leads on them, those realtors that are picking up that agent as a buyer's lead, they don't necessarily want to sell your home, that your specific listing. They want to sell a home. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge difference there because if I'm the one that's picking up the phone whenever those leads are either calling in or requesting an email and requesting more information, that's an opportunity for us to build the build that conversation up to the point where it turns into an appointment specifically and then ultimately potentially an offer as well too. So that's a huge miss if you're not paying extra to feature your listings on Zillow and Realtor.com. Totally agree. So you need to do it. It costs money, but it's super effective. The other thing is, how are we actively looking for buyers? So that's one way we're actively looking for buyers. The other thing is, we run a lot of ads. We run Facebook ads, pay-per-click ads on Google's, Bing, Yahoo, different search engines. So we start running ads for our listings to attract buyers so that when buyers are typing in homes for sale in the school district that our listings are in or the zip code or the area, we want those buyers to come to our website, sign up, and then we call them immediately. And this is where the internet lead generation and conversion comes into play. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that episode. But that's where we're constantly attracting these buyers using video, YouTube. Uh, Home buyers would much rather watch a video on YouTube. and, And video ranks in the search engines faster than it does any kind of other content. So creating videos for your listings as well. You need to have a strong web presence. Mm-hmm. You need to have a good sign in the yard. Don't be afraid to invest in a nice sign that looks good. You see a lot of signs that sometimes you can't even tell what they are. Yeah, right? but so, they blow away. Yeah. 15% of homes sell from a yard sign. Not a huge number, but it's still big enough. Yep. And it's your brand, right? That's your brand. You have a, Think of it as a billboard in every single person's front yard of a listing you take. So have and that. your face isn't your brand. And your face, yeah, your face your is not your yeah, brand. exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't like to put our face on stuff. So. Yeah. Maybe because we're not good looking. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it is. You're, you're building your team brand. You're building your team name, your brand, right? So brand recognition is important. Consistency in your brand as yes. well. But get a good sign out there. Have a call to action on it. We do a text rider where people can text mm-hmm. in to get a – we don't do the flyer boxes anymore because what happens with the flyer boxes? It rains. They all get stuck together or somebody comes by and takes messed all up. of them. Yep. Yeah, so 50 of them are gone and you got no signs, no sign callers. Text writer, they can text, get a virtual brochure sent right to their phone. Their number gets sent to us. We call immediately and follow up with that client. Very important. Open houses too, real quick. We're going to tie this up here. But so having a good sign in the yard with call to action, so how they're going to call you. Open houses then. Some people will want an open house every single weekend. It's important to set the tone from the beginning with these sellers that 7% of homes or even less now actually sell from an open house. Mm-hmm. So is it a strategy that's going to get your home sold? Probably not. With that said, what we tell people is 7% of homes are going to sell from an open house, statistically. So it's not probably the best utilization of our time and resources. With that said, we're willing to do whatever it takes to get your home sold. So if you want an open house every single weekend, we will do it. Keep in mind, your home is probably not going to sell from an open house. So do we do open houses? Yeah, they're great. We pick up a lot of buyers from open houses. But that said, do we sell a lot of our own listings? It happens but it's not a huge number. Mm -hmm. So keeping that in mind, and one other thing too, because sometimes people will want to do the agent open house, and the agent open house is an old school tactic, right? Doing the lunch and everything like that. So what I tell clients is that agent open houses were extremely effective 20 years ago before the internet because that was the only way to see inventory. 
Now, realtors, buyers, everybody can go online and have information at the at their palm of their hand within minutes, seconds. They type in an address, they get photos, detail, history, everything like that. So to have a bunch of agents that are just coming to view your home because you get a free lunch, you know, and that was the other thing at my old office when I first started. Everybody was in the office for the Tuesday tour to go look at all of the houses. <laughs> and then they would all go to lunch at the last house. Well, what happens is if you had a listing on that tour and you got feedback, the pricing, how was the home price? You'd have people fill out an evaluation. It was all over the place. Yeah. It's priced great. The single sell in a day. Oh, it's way overpriced. Oh, it's priced spot on. You would get feedback all over the spectrum because the thing was the realtors coming to that had nothing better to do. And this right. isn't meant to be like sound harsh on realtors, but it's the, it's the reality. And we let clients know that the realtors coming through the agent open houses to get a free lunch are the ones that have time to spend all day doing nothing but previewing four or five houses. Right. And so they can spend half a day doing that. And that's why your pricing is all over the place because they don't know the market. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that sell a house or two or three a year and they don't know the market. So is an agent open house effective? Not anymore. It's definitely not. So I would think about that too when you have, when you know clients are asking you to do these things, point those things out. We want to spend our time and resources getting realtors in here that we know have buyers for your home, not people that are coming because we're providing Jimmy John's. Yeah, and your, right? your clients will be appreciative of that. You know, that's not to say that you don't want to do something, but when you can frame the conversation about spending, it's the 80-20 rule. Right. Spend the amount of time and the 20% of things to get you 80% of the results. Will the open houses work? Possibly. Will the agent open houses work? Probably not. But one thing, too, is that set the expectation that if you don't want to do that every single week, set the expectation up front that there are other avenues of getting homes sold by being proactive, by doing circle prospecting, by doing reverse prospecting. There's tons of different things that we can use to ultimately get the buyers. Absolutely. So just to recap, three things a buyer wants, seller wants. They want to know how quickly you're going to get their home sold, what are you going to do to market it, and you know how are you going to be looking for buyers for the home? So you need to be able to address those things, and that's where everything we ran through here will help you to start to put together a good presentation. We we carry our laptops or tablets with us, and that's where we have our presentation on there. Start putting together a presentation, and not a presentation about look how great I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares that you're number one. You can put some of that fluff stuff in your pre-listing, but don't go on there and be like I'm number one. I'm this. I'm that. I sold. I was number one in my office this month. The sellers don't care. Not at all. They want to get to the point of how are you going to get my home sold and how are you going to net me top dollar? So address those issues. Start working on your presentation. Practice your presentation. Don't practice on the actual. It's like going to the Super Bowl and practicing at Super Bowl. <laughs> don't do that. You're not going to make right? it there. Yeah, so. <laughs> you're not going to do it. So practice this stuff ahead of time. Get with people in your office. Run through scenarios. Run through different scripting. We practice these things every month yes. in our office where we run through different uh, personality styles as well because one presentation is not going to be the same. I mean, the layout is basically the same, but one personality style that we talked about last week, you may need to inundate with data. The other one, you may need to speed through this thing, get through it quickly, the high D. They want to crank through this thing. So knowing that as well. So hope that helps. If you have questions, you can always reach out to us or email us at info at And if you want to practice, come by the office. We're more than happy to help practice different listing presentations and actually see ours in person, too. Absolutely. Our door is open. Absolutely. We're we're, we're located in Chesterfield, and we script practice every day at 10 a.m. So welcome to come by. Mm -hmm. So hope that helped, and we will catch you next time.